Welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery. Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. J-Rod Concerts Nation, how is everybody doing today? This is Jamie Rodriguez, your host, this and every episode of J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. Welcome, everybody. New listeners, welcome aboard. This is the show that is all about the mega fans of music, up-and-coming artists, established hit makers, Hall of Famers, producers, people you should know. So if you're a music aficionado, you're in the right place, guys. And so thrilled to welcome today's guest, ladies and gentlemen. His name is Adam Chester. He is a professional composer, arranger, pianist, and singer-songwriter. He is very well known in several circles. He was actually raised in... Uh, he's from my, my neck of the woods, uh, Miami Beach Senior High School. But he, you know, he, he established himself in California. And since 2005, he's earned the title of the Surrogate Elton John, working exclusively with Sir Elton and his band as Elton's only stand-in on the piano and vocals for various rehearsals, sound checks, and concert appearances. So, you know, basically, you know, he's, he's good friends with Elton. He knows a lot of people in the industry. Very respected guy. He's also an author. Hilarious book that he has called Shit Mother, a book about inappropriate letters he received from his mother over the past 30 years. It's just an amazing book. Hilarious. He's mega talented. And he also, this pandemic, he has been very nimble with his activities, right? He's given uh, people a lot of joy. Uh, people can hire him for... Um, private events check him out at adamchester.com and uh, he it's been it's been an absolute treat to get to know adam uh, comes recommended from several sources and we couldn't have been more pleasantly uh, joyous to connect with them we hope you enjoyed this great interview also stay tuned to the end because adam gives us a terrific terrific spine tingling performance that just showcases his songwriting his voice his talent so we are thrilled to have adam uh, welcome, Adam. And if you're new to the show, we do ask that you take 30 seconds of your time, give us a review, you know, uh, subscribe button, those little things, you know, they help a lot in this era. So without further ado, guys, this is Adam Chester on J-Rock Concerts, the podcast. Jamie. Adam Chester. In the flesh. Look at you in the virtual flesh. <laughs> Look What's at up, you, man? Adam. Good. How you doing? Doing great. Just, uh, what's this thing doing? Hold on. You think you would have figured it out by now, right? I'm a loser. Okay. No, we. Like, me too, man. Like, I tell you. Like, did, did you see the video of the guy, of the lawyer with the cat? No. Oh, oh my. about this. The, the cat, he had the cat on the uh, Instagram or whatever. on his. Uh, exactly. Exactly. That one. So listen, like we're all in the same boat, Adam. Absolutely. <laughs> oh man. So it's great. It's great connecting with you. How, how are you doing, Adam? Doing okay. You know, um, I can't believe, you know, Miriam, you know, Roxanne. How crazy. It's so crazy. Right. Right. So just like to tell, you know, my, my audience really quickly, first of all, I mean, Adam is, is a virtuoso pianist, conductor, composer, author, long career in music industry and since 2005 you know you've been the you've earned the title of the surrogate elton john 
working ex exclusively with the man, the legend on his tours at his stand-in, uh, rehearsals, all that good stuff. So, so that's who Adam is and, and we're honored to have you, Adam. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Jamie. Seriously. And absolutely. And what you, what Adam is talking about is, you know, I have like an extended family member uh, who said, man, you got to have Adam, you know, I know him. He's, he's amazing. He'd be great on the show. Great guy. And then I have another person uh, who works with, with friend of the show, John Oates, who said the same thing, completely no connection whatsoever, just raving about Adam. So I'm like, I got to get this guy on the show. So know that I paid them both to say that at the same time. So so really, it came about uh, very well. Listen, the magic of Venmo, right? right. Instant transfer. You, you can actually transfer them right now. <laughs> That's great. Oh, Adam, but it's great. I, I mean, Adam, but, you know, before everything, uh, how are you doing? How are you doing in California? We're doing okay. I mean, luckily, my family and I have, uh, you know, have stayed away from uh, any imminent dangers and, uh, we're all hanging in. My kids are doing school virtually. I'm playing gigs virtually and, uh, and it's all been okay. You know, um, right when this started, you know, we, we did this Quarantella thing. Right. Uh, I, I have to credit my wife with coming up with the name and, uh, and we raised over $20,000 for nonprofits just That's doing concerts out in the streets and, and on Facebook. And, uh, and it was really, it, it was a great feeling to do that every week. I kind of miss it, you, you know, because now that no one's quarantining, really, I thought, well, why are we doing this anymore? And uh, so it's on to the next disaster relief. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know what next. Cool. No, cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so cool. You, you, you got a chance to do that, Adam. And, you know, I, I feel like, you know, the people that know you and that, and that uh, know your story, the first thing they're going to ask is, how is your mom doing? Like, that's the question. How is, yeah, how's your mother? Great. She, uh, um, I took her to get her first COVID vaccine. She's 80, you know, in her uh, low 80s now. And I took her to Dodger Stadium and I knew I needed to have my phone charged and ready. And sure enough, <laughs> Mayor Eric Garcetti was there and uh, she caused the scene with him when she met him. Uh, he started bragging about his piano skills and she was like, no, no, my son works with Elton John. Oh my God, I can't even imagine. She and must use that card all the time, Adam. All the time. I think she cares. Uh, I, think, I think she just used it as a way to get to him. I, I don't, I can't get in her head. It's too difficult. There's not enough room, but, uh, the, the tape, the video of it went semi-viral and got on news and MSN. And, and now I'm calling the mayor's office, wondering if we can all get together for her second vaccine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I love it. I love it. And, and of course you talk in depth about, you know, your mother in, in the book, shit mother, the story of a man, his mom and the thousands of altogether insane letters she's mailed him. It, it's a great story for anyone that wants to check it out. You know, it's a, it's an easy, nice, enjoyable read and just so many great stories, you know, uh, her chasing Christmas carolers for disrupting your sleep while you were sick as a child or her letters, giving you money advice. It's a, it's just a must. It's just a must read Adam. Um, but yeah, I, let me, let me, you know, since we're on the, on the topic of your mother, has this digital age, Adam, WhatsApp, Zoom, FaceTime, has it calmed down like her, her communication skills with you and your kids or has it made it worse? 
No, because um, she's not allowed to have my cell phone number. So that's that's the <laughs> And uh, so when she can't get me, she bugs my kids. And oh, that's poor guys, yeah. And uh, she knows better to call to not call my wife because if she does, that's a problem. Uh, you know, so I think it's made her a little more um, wary of life because now her worst nightmare has come true, and there's this virus that can kill everybody. And so, really, I think she's most in her element now. So if you say she, yeah. is she relaxed maybe with the fact that there's more danger uh everywhere but it hasn't calmed her down any i think she's more in that see i told you to be scared yeah, of yeah uh, it, it, isn't that funny adam my ex-wife grandparents in ohio i used to think they were like so dramatic about everything like you know you never know what's going to happen with the world. We will live through plagues. And it was like, uh, like I don't know what this people. And now they're laughing. They're probably like, see, we've been talking. I'm telling you guys for 60, 70 years, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that's where it's at. So you totally get it. <laughs> oh, my God. Amazing. Amazing. So, Adam, so, you know, your early career is, is you just have a great story. Let me just touch on it. I mean, music has always been inside of you from your days in Miami Beach, where I'm from as well. I'm from Aventura. Oh, Miami cool. Beach High, yeah, you know, Elton John posters on your room. But let me ask about USC, uh, Southern California, in LA where you went to college. You know, I, I especially love that story of uh, when you and two of your classmates wrote that script for um, for the, um, that song, Think I'm Going Crazy, and you took it to MTV uh, Basement Tapes. Yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, we decided, uh, my friend Scott Alexander wrote People versus Larry Flint, which is back in the news because Larry just passed away. Um, but uh, and he wrote Big Eyes and and all these incredible movies. Um, uh, one of my favorites was Ed Wood. Uh, he wrote that with his writing partner Larry Karaszewski. But um, so Scott and I and a friend uh, Howard uh, all got together and said, "Let's do a video." And we just got all the people at the school at SC to help out cost us maybe, I don't know, $1,500 to make. Mm -hmm. uh, we did it on film and uh, we sent it to MTV and uh, they said, you know, this is fun. It was a wacky tune called Think I'm Going Crazy where I'm talking about, you know, uh, every time I look, there's a new gray hair, but my barber said, don't worry, soon there won't be anything there. I mean, it was really just a goofy, uh, fast tune or a bit of a, uh, a rocker, if you will, but it was a pop rocker, and um, and and basement and MTV loved it, and they they put us on the air, and uh, and we lost. I lost this record deal contract by one percent of the vote to this group called the Triplets. Who, you know, I mean, it was <laughs> crazy time. Uh, for us promoting that video and everything that happened after that video. Um, I started working with Barry White, uh, which was unbelievable. Uh, he was a hero of mine. And you uh, met him working at the record store, right? Uh, no, that was Davey. That was Davey Johnson. That was my gotcha. mm. But Barry, I met through all these connections I made from that video. Amazing. Uh, and I started working with him and he wanted to start this new group with me and one of his kids, Barry White Jr. Uh, and 
it didn't work out, but uh, I was working with Barry for like a year and writing songs. You, and you passed on the opportunity, right, Adam? Like he really wanted you and you just something with the, you know, you just didn't think the terms were like accurate or fair or whatever, but. That's totally right. I, I messed that up. I, I really, I, I kick myself looking back on that because he was such a gem, you know, and uh, I'd walk in his house, he'd give me these huge bear hugs and um, he was awesome, man. And, uh, and because I didn't think it was a great contract, I was 21, 22. I was like, yeah, I don't need that. And wow. But whatever. Um, that's a, that's a lot of chutzpah, right? Chutzpah for a 21 year old. Hell of a lot of chutzpah. And um, I, I regret it to some extent because there was a lot of opportunity there to be had with Barry on the road and, um, you know, uh, and no ill feelings, but uh, it was just like, I wonder what would have happened if, hmm. you know, he fancied me and his um, his son Barry Jr. as the new general public, which was this big black and white um, duo back then. Right. And, you know, he had a name picked out. Uh, it was called From Bachet, the buff from Barry and the Chet from Ad from Chester. And he, I remember him walking around his pool saying, "We could have a cologne called From Bachet. You could have." <laughs> From Bechet. And I'm thinking, oh my God, you know, it was it was wild the things he was thinking. And so yeah, sometimes I wonder, ah shit, you know, hey, can you curse on this? I forget. Absolutely, absolutely. So That's the beauty of this. What am I passing up here? And you know, whatever, you know, it is what it is. It is but, what it is, yeah. I mean well, you yeah. I was working in a record store in a huge step up career wise and uh, and met uh, Davy Johnstone um, uh, just shopping for records and stuff. And I was like, what do you think of this stuff? And it was a, a record of Elton and Davy is the longtime guitarist for Elton since uh, 71. He came on on uh, Madman Across the Water and he and I just befriended each other. And then it was in 2005 that he asked me to uh, sit in for Elton and do all these rehearsals and get the band ready for when uh, Elton was going to play. And uh, then soon I was kind of helping Elton get ready on occasion and, you know, telling him what chord that was and how he voiced it. And uh, then I was arranging and conducting choirs for him. It, it was a, 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 a gradual progression, but... I love Elton, I love the band, and it's just an honor, and I, I can't wait to get back to doing that when we're back, you know, touring. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, so, so there's, like, so much to unwrap there. I, I, love, I love how you just glanced over it, like you're shopping at Publix, you know, like like the most casual story there. Like, okay. Publix. I love Publix. Like, I miss Publix. Like, exactly. Yeah, so... But but yeah, I mean, so much there. So so with Davey, I mean, first of all, quite a trip for someone who had Elton John posters in Miami Beach growing up, right? That whole thing. Crazy. I mean, I was literally driving all over Miami and Fort Lauderdale, calling these record stores to see what bootlegs they carried. And so I would shop for these albums of live recordings of Elton so I could figure out how he was interpreting these songs in live shows because I didn't want to do it so much like the record. I wanted to get the essence of what he felt when he wrote the song, mm -hmm. you know, and the liberties he would take with the live versions 
only enhanced what I was trying to do, not to imitate, but to sort of, um, you know, replicate what he must have been thinking when he wrote Take Me to the Pilot, when he wrote your song, Madman Across the Water, Funeral for a Friend, you know, and so it made my interpretations more realistic. I never had any interest in becoming an Elton John tribute band. I, I have plenty of respect for the guys who can do that. Um, but I was taking it more from the artist's point of view because yeah. I write songs and I was like, okay, what can I do? It's funny, I just got a text from, from Davey as I was watching this. There you go. I don't believe in coincidences, I'm telling you, it's beautiful. Weird, anyway. Um, uh, anyway, so I was just, you know, totally into how can I do this without imitating? And I think that's what Davey really gravitated um, when when we met and started hanging out and I was playing for him and and then he started playing guitar on a lot of my demos and, and it was like, who am I kidding? This is a dream come true. You know, yeah. I was just happy to be his pal and to get to know his family and, and we, we were in each other's lives and that meant the world to me. Um, so, you know, he started the whole surrogate thing that, you know, that was, that was crazy. That was just so much fun. Adam, let me ask you this, um, just like doing a quick pivot there for a second with the Davey just texted you story. Um, it seems that everyone that's known you, Miriam, Davey, Roxanne, and everyone included, everyone has like loved you for like forever. It's like once they're your friend, they're your friend for a long time. That's you know, yeah. no, but like th th that's what seems to be the pattern. What what um, what do you attribute this to? I I know it's kind of hard to answer, and I just came out of the blue this question, so no, I, I don't even know if I'm asking it properly. But you seem to have like long withstanding relationships. Mm -hmm. I think it's a great it's a great question, Jamie. Seriously, because one of the things that I think Roxanne got with me was that I I'm not doing music anymore for a need of anything. I'm doing it because I I don't love anything more than I love playing for people. I, I've always composed better. I've always uh, written music better when someone was there watching and not to impress or an ego thing, or, or maybe that was a little bit of it, of it, if I'm being honest, but it was more that I could interpret people through music yeah. and I when I met Roxanne um, she was watching me perform my Hanukkah song eight days and nights for this video um, we were doing live and what I think caught her was that I didn't care that the keyboard wasn't the greatest keyboard that they had borrowed you know for me to play I was like let me just sit down and play the song you know if my voice cracks my voice cracks I'm I'm not about the ego. I, I'm more about just sitting down and playing the damn song and hoping some people get off on it. And and my humor and my ability to just connect with people is what I think she um, caught on. That that I was just up there being my funny self and and not caring about any of the stuff that I didn't need green M and M's in there. You know what I mean? Right. I. Yeah demands i i just i just want to sit down and play and yeah. that's what fun i could literally sit down and play for hours and hours and hours and not repeat a song 
because the music that I heard as a kid um, has always been there. And, and that's why I'll never forget people like Miriam because she was there in my high school. She saw this develop in, into those moments when I could sit down even with her in a room and just play for her. And she'd be like, how do you just sit down and play without thinking about what you're playing? And I say, I, I honestly don't have the answer for that. I just, you know, some people call it a God-given gift. I think that's a little um, heavy and maybe it is. And uh, I do believe in God, but I, I think there's something so in my heart with music that I cannot explain. Um, and I, I hope I'm doing a good enough job and just saying it's, it's a, it's not just a part of my life. It is a part of me. Yeah. And someone took the piano away from me. I, I honestly don't know what I would do. I, I you, you know what it is, Adam? I think, I think it's like your, your purpose is, is, is to give love and give joy to thousands of people through your music music yeah yeah, yeah. Th like that's that's like your purpose and, and and i feel like like everything you've done and and even the elton john stuff is really cool and like all that is really cool but it's just tools for your purpose it's just to augment your purpose at the I, end I, of the day you know um you know i was i was doing this thing i called insta music um where people would write down what they were feeling in a word anonymously at this church i was i was playing piano at a church keyboard and I had this idea, people anonymously write like um, uh, um, feeling blue or, or uh, my favorite doll or just weird things that they would think of. I take them out, unfold them and I play. Amazing. You know, and it was like, it became like this music therapy. So a friend of mine said, why don't you call yourself something that has to do with this and start a business? And I so wanted to do that. And, and the name was Doctor, because the keyboard has different sounds. So there's strings, there's guitars, there's pianos. So we came up with the thought of Dr. Phil Harmonic. Dr. <laughs> yeah. Harmonic. And I was like, oh my God, I love that. So I, I, I trademarked the name. I was like, oh my God, I could be Dr. Phil Harmonic. <laughs> That's what I want to do. I, I feel I do that with these weekly shows where I'm streaming music live on Facebook. You know, I'm doing them year specific now, you know, so I play all the songs from 1975. Amazing. And it's I've never played before and it, and people are loving it and I'm loving dressing it. the part. I went out and got these platform shoes. I'm an idiot. I'm making like no money and, and I'm doing this because I love to entertain. Amazing. That's what I love. Amazing, Adam. Well, listen, you've been so generous with your time, and I think you're going to play a tune for us. But let me just ask one more question about that, about Zoom tunes and Philharmonic and all that great stuff. Um, you know, you very quickly pivoted when the pandemic started to these Zoom parties and all that stuff, playing to 20, 30, 40 people at the same time. Uh, how is that transition to do it, like what you're doing in church and this, but like digitally on a screen, like squares? It's, it's different because you have to connect with people without seeing their reactions. So you're con when you can, you know, I look at the screen and I catch little phrases, you know, awesome. Oh my God. I remember that, you know, it, it's hard, you know, because I, I don't, I know that these shows are being recorded and, and preserved on say the sunset marquee site where I play 
virtually. And I'm like, I know somebody doesn't want to tune in a week later and see some guy going, uh, oh, Janice, you said that was awesome. Great. Um, <laughs> hi, Bill. Nice to see you. You know, so it's an odd kind of thing because you're trying to connect, but, but for replay, you don't want to make it boring. So I'm adjusting to how to keep things in the moment, fresh, and acknowledge people without being you know, just a hello monster, uh, you know, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. The hello monster. That's a good one. I hadn't heard that, but yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> it just came to me like that. I don't know. That's a good one. The hello monster. <laughs> a lot of them out there. <laughs> Hi, Billy. Hi, friend. You know, you're like, you know, next, next, you know, right. Anyway. Right. Oh my God, Adam. Well, listen, I mean, it's been such a pleasure. I didn't even get to ask you about, you know, Maria, your kids, Luna Park in 1992. We'll have to leave that for, for the sequel. Absolutely, Adam. But yeah, like, what are you in the mood for playing for us? We're so honored. Um, oh, please. It's, it's a pleasure. Uh, I could either do uh, an original or, um, uh, you know what? I, I think I will do this original. It, it feels right. I don't know what it is. Awesome. Always, is go, always go with the feel. Yeah, I think that's it. This is a tune I wrote called uh, Inside the Night. Inside the Night. One day, baby, when you say maybe we'll both get crazy and run together to the lifeguard tower still has the power to pass the hours and never know we were there.
Oh my God, Adam, what a beautiful song. Thanks, thank man. you. For, thanks for playing that. That was absolutely beautiful. And thank you so much for a great chat. Amazing. Had a great time. Thank you, Jamie. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Adam. You encourage people to, you know, check you out at adamchester.com and on uh, Facebook, Adam Chester Piano, I believe. Adam, Facebook.com slash Adam Chester Piano. Follow you, like, you know, get into your music, get into your, your books, because everything you touch is awesome. So thank you, man. I so appreciate it. Stay safe. Absolutely. Take care. Take care, man. You've been listening to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez.